0: Let's go to Luke chapter 1. It's good to see you guys. It's shocking how much more empty this place looks without those little kids in here. That's pretty awesome. You know, we've been seeing great things happening in our children's ministries. I think we've had in the neighborhood of about 15 kids give their hearts to the Lord in the last three months. It's been pretty awesome. So, uh, God's doing great things. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. I am reading from the NIV. And we'll uh, we'll go from there. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel to, the, the angel Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by. he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I want to talk to you for a little bit about the topic, because you're anointed. And you may not know what anointed is, but you will, so, because you're anointed. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure that most of you, like, read your Bibles periodically and, um, for, for me, I, I try to read scriptures every day and, and you might wonder how sometimes uh, a message comes to some preacher guy. Well, I'll give you a little insight today. Um, I was reading for just my normal Bible reading back probably a month ago. I'm just reading through and I read this about Mary and um, it stands out to me that she's highly favored. And, you know, to me... I'm sitting here, and when you think of highly favored, what do you think? I mean, my first thought is like blessed, right? Like super blessed. Like just like there's blessed, and then there's highly favored blessed. You know what I mean? I mean, you are, you're just walking around in blessing. Like people just come up and just want to be near you because you're just so blessed. They want to go out to lunch with you because they are pretty sure that, you know, somebody's going to pay that lunch. (laughs) You're just so blessed. Uh, and, you know, that's just the picture, at least in my mind, when I read it. And, and the reason is because so many times, and we learn this, and, and it is scriptural, we, we read um, about the, the sowing and reaping, and the principle of sowing and reaping, and part of what happens in, in God's economy is when you sow something, you reap back, you know, when you sow faithfulness, You reap back faithfulness. Andrew and Emily sowed into their ministry and they've reaped back incredible things. Um, They've sown into people and and they've gotten back blessings personally and for their ministries and God has multiplied it. It's it's a principle of scripture. It's a principle of life. And so you think that, you know, highly blessed is gonna be just this, this incredible Experience of life where everything is going to go right. All the stoplights are going to be green. And we have only one stoplight in Canada. I tell you what, I get stopped there every time. <laughs> I have never once gone up and gotten that green light, ever. Uh, that's just an aside. I'm not complaining <laughs> much. Um, but we have this idea in our mind that that if we do something, that we're going to get something back. And, and it's true, but this is the thing. Sometimes blessed doesn't look like you might expect blessed to look like. I was sitting there, when I read that, that day about Mary, what struck me was, man, Mary was blessed, but look at her life. Look at what her life looked like. I mean, for those of you who maybe don't know the Bible real well, Mary is about probably between the ages of 15 and 17 when Gabriel shows up. She's not married in ancient Israel. I mean, if you thought it was bad to show up pregnant at home today without, you know, a husband, um, imagine how it was 50 years ago, and then imagine how it would be 2,000 years ago with a young woman who was raised in a religious culture that literally demanded her death for that kind of action. Mary Mary gets announced that you're highly favored. By the way, you're going to get pregnant. Out of wedlock. And nobody's going to know that but you and God. She has to deal with that. It's so bad that Joseph, her, her engaged husband, if we read about it in Matthew, it literally says that he, he decided he was going to put her away. He was just going to break up with her, and he was going do it quietly so that she wasn't taken out back and stoned, and, and not like the current stoned, like stoned like dead, not stoned like high. I mean, she's going to die if he doesn't handle this exactly right. But then an angel visits him and and tells him, No, what she is carrying is conceived by the Holy Spirit. That crazy story really is true. By the way, that doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Jesus already came. Don't, Don't come up and say, I don't know how this happened. I do. I had sex ed in eighth grade. I can tell you about it. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Then she has a baby. In a barn while traveling. Then she, somewhere between that time of birth to the time when Jesus shows up in his ministry, Joseph appears to have died. And then Jesus shows up on the scene, he's doing all this crazy miracle stuff, and and he doesn't have time for mom. To where she shows up at a meeting he's preaching at, and he goes, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? He didn't have time for her. And then she sees him executed in front of her face, bearing one of the most painful forms of execution in history. It doesn't look like a blessed life to me. Where is the blessing? Where is the favor? See, it's not that Mary wasn't blessed and it's not that Mary wasn't favored, it's that, hear this, that God's perspective is different than ours is. You know, we drop our $10 in the offering plate, we want 100 by the time we get home for lunch. And sometimes that happens. But usually, it doesn't work that way. I've given faithfully for years and years and years, and and, and God seems to bless me all at once. Like, like, there'll be nothing for years. Ten years will go by where it doesn't look like we've been blessed at all. And all of a sudden, boom. And I'm talking about financially. Spiritually, we're blessed all the time. But all of a sudden, there'll be a, something that'll massive happen. Somebody will get us. We were given a van once. We've been given different things at different times. And it's like, wow, okay, there's, there's a blessing. See, Sometimes it's not in our perspective. We're seeing right now. We're seeing what's going on right now. Mary's going, Hey, Gabriel, you're saying I'm highly favored. Do you understand that what you just gave me was a death sentence? And then as she's sitting there, you know, and they're knocking doors in Bethlehem, they're trying to get in to be able to have somewhere to sleep so that maybe she can have the baby somewhere that's just a little bit, it's not home, but at least it's a room. And she doesn't even get that. See, our view so many times is limited to the frame of time we're living in. We're looking at right now and going, man, this isn't what I signed up for. Anyone ever feel that way with Jesus? I have felt that way. I will confess. The preacher is confessing. I have felt it. Go, this isn't what I signed up for. This this doesn't look anything like what you said was going to happen. See, but it's because my perspective is limited by the narrow frame of time I'm in. God's view is not limited by time, it's eternal. And hear this, this is important. This is the whole message right here. He knows what words that he has spoken over your life. He knows the word that he planted inside of you, that he's trying to bring to pass through you. And to you. Romans 4:17 says, "As it is written, "The Father of many nations have I made you, in the presence of him who is believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. He calls into being things that are not. Another translation says he he calls the things that are not as though they were. I like that one. See, God knows what he's spoken. A lot of times we want to bring this this verse down to just God's creative word. That that God speaks and it is. and, And that's true, yes. God speaks and things change. That's how everything came into being. But But when you look at it from from God's side, you got to understand that God has a word. You got to hear this. God's got a word in your life. God created you on purpose. He shaped you and molded you and made you and, and created you and crafted you with all of the gifts and all of the abilities that you came into this room with. Whether you know what they are yet or not, you were shaped by the hand of God. And He has a word. Over your life. He has prophecy over your life. He has a destiny that He created you and crafted you for. That if you will begin to understand that, He knows, hear this, He knows what He's trying to bring to pass in your life. He knows that He's just trying to birth the gift that you are carrying into this world. See you have a gift to give the world. And I don't know what it is necessarily. Some of you I know what it is, but a lot more of you I don't. And and when we look at at you know at your life, it may look anything but blessed. You know, there's there's so many kids reading hearing about kids without shoes and praying Here, think about it. We're praying that they have one meal a day to eat. One meal you know, most of us got at least a couple meals we need to lose, right? <laughs> and, and we sit there, and we, we have no concept of, of what we live in, the blessing that we have. But see, God is, has inside of you a gift that he's trying to, to unpack. And, and so much of what your life is like is trying to get that seed, that, that gift, to come out. For so many of us, our gift is like, if, if our lives are a suitcase, there it's packed in deep. And we got clothes, and we got, you know, some of you guys, Pastor Arlen, got golf clubs on top of it. And you don't have golf clubs on top of it. But people like you who haven't tapped their gift might. We got all the stuff, you know. We got, for me, I'd have like Packer and, and Buckeye stuff on top of it. Sorry, Bryn. Um And, uh, you know, I got my athletic shoes and I got my workout junk and I got my dress clothes. How about, I got all the stuff that underneath it, is the gift. And so much of God's actions in our lives are to bring us to the place that the gift gets unpacked. That that we get all the stuff out of the way so that the gift can come up and can begin to be seen by the world so that you can give it, you can offer it to somebody else. See, each of us today You may not have had an angel show up to your your house and declare, Oh ye who are highly favored. But you are. Favored in the Greek is, is the same word that's blessed. It's just, it's the same word that's grace. It's grace. Anybody here experience the grace of Jesus Christ? Anybody, one day Jesus showed up and you saw maybe for the first time that, that there was a God and he knew where you lived and he knew your name and, and he wanted to change your life. If you've touched that, if you've touched that grace package that God offered you, you are highly favored. You are One that is blessed by God. You have been given, hear this, an anointing. Now, I know a lot of you, that's a very kind of churchy thing. You don't hear about anointing like walking down the street. It's like one of those church words. You just, you know, it's like justification. It's like, what is that? Anointing is is interesting, though. Anointing was something that, in the Old Testament, God made the, uh, actually, Moses. He, he makes Moses make anointing oil. And anointing oil was very, very precious. They were the nation of Israel, and then there were the priests. And at first, only priests were anointed. And then when God started having kings in Israel, then they started anointing priests and, and kings. And then one time in history, there was a prophet anointed. But see, the anointing was just a recognition of a gift that God had given to the people in a person. Does that make sense? It was God's singling out somebody saying this person is special. This person is here to serve you. This person is going to help you get to where you need to go. And what's awesome is that scripture says that that Today, we are, we are, the church is, the anointed ones. Each of us, everybody in this room, if you know Jesus Christ already, and if you don't, you just get to know him, you become an anointed one. You are anointed ones. You are people that God has taken his spirit, and in a figurative way where in the Old Testament they had oil that came on somebody that singled them out for greatness— when God places spirit on you, you were singled out. You have been made to be great. That's why I love that song, Chris, that you sang today. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us. We are overcomers. Scripture calls you overcomers. You know what overcomers means in the Greek? It's actually the, the root word of it is the same word that that we wear some shoes entitled by. Nike. Nike is the goddess of victory in ancient Greek mythology. And overcomers, literally, you you are Nikes. You are overcomers. You are victors. You are conquerors. That is who God made you to be. You were created for that. And you have a gift that God wants to give the world. And God, what you need to understand is God is always, always, always trying to bring you into that place where you will give yourself out. He is always trying to loose your gift. That's, that's everything. If you want to look at your life. And and if you were to take the sum of your life and you take any Bible character, and this is absolutely true, you take the sum of their lives and their life is about one thing. It's about God taking them and giving the gift that he gave the world in them to be able to be given out. That's it. And so you need to understand that the things you've gone through If you will allow it, they become God's shaping tools in your life. They become the things that unpack your bag to let your gift out. God is always trying to shape us. And God will use whatever he has around (laughs) to do it. Sometimes it's the mess we make. Anyone ever made one of those decisions? Where you go, my God, I'd never do that again. Thankfully, I've only made three of those. (laughs) Because they leave big scars. Um, But see, God will take whatever he's given. You guys have heard me say this before if you've come to this church. But whatever hand you deal God, he'll win with it. He'll win with it. He can win with any hand. Whatever your hand looks like right now, God can win with it. You just got to put it in his hand. You got to allow him to take you there. Because God is trying to bring you somewhere. God is trying to teach you things in this life. And through the things that you go through, he's trying to bring you to the place that you are able to handle what he's given you. There's three main things that he does through our lives. And I'm talking mainly the, the hard parts. The merry parts. Where we are blessed, but it doesn't look like we are. Through those moments in your lives when you may not feel highly favored, God's trying to teach you perseverance. David said this in Psalm 22, and it was repeated by Jesus on the cross My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The rest of the scripture reads like this Why are you so far away? When I groan for help. Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, and throned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. You, they cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is the Lord the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. You ever feel like that? (laughs) You ever feel like you're just abandoned? Like, where's God? In this. Imagine now, guys, because I've been there. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to just tell you honestly. I've been there. I've had nights where I'm like, where are you? There was a period where, and some of you who I've talked to on a personal level know the story, but many of you won't. I went through a period in my life that I called the trial. And in that, it was a three-year period where everything went terrible. Um, it was just, it was right after we, I got married and Denise had nothing to do with it. That was just a sad coincidence. She was, the Lord knew I needed her there to carry me through and, uh, and help me. But um, right after we got married, we were going through a terrible time at the church we were at where I was uh, serving as a youth pastor. And, um, and in, in, in one moment, all that turned into a mess. And then all of my best friends, all the guys who stood up, stood up in the wedding with us, they literally all left me. And there's a lot of stuff behind all of this. I could tell you the details at some other point, but at the same time, I'm going through this terrible trial spiritually where I'm just literally being attacked um, in spiritual warfare, and I was young enough in the Lord that I didn't really know how to fight it, and um, it lasted for three years, and in the beginning of the trial, in the beginning of the trial, I I told the Lord, and I just had a real strong sit down with the Lord, and this is how I talk to him sometimes. I was like, hey, I am not digging this. This is very uncool. I said, so this is the deal. Whatever it is that you're doing to me, do it. But don't ever do this to me again. You get get one shot at this. Do it once. Because I don't ever want to go through this again. And the Lord said one thing to me. He said, said, then it's going to get worse. I said, then make it worse. How much worse can it get? Don't ask that question <laughs> of the Lord. He has an answer. Um, but I'll tell you this. I did not hear God's voice for three years. I would operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I would move and pray for people, and God would give me words for them and prophecies and, and be able to um, move in, in the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. People are getting healed. And I can't explain it to you, but God would do all of that through me and never speak to me. I wouldn't hear his voice. I was, I was like alone. I felt exactly how it sounds here. Like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, but if you allow for God to, in those moments when you can't hear him, when you feel like you're alone, if you allow for him to walk with you through it, what you will find is that God is teaching you to rely not on how you feel but to rely on what you know. Because there's a difference. We have a saying in my house that emotions are real, they're just not reliable. And so, to, so many times as full gospel Pentecostal folks we're like, woohoo! I feel Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, you know, we can get down with that. I mean, there's, you know, you, you, can, you can experience God. That's one of the awesome things about what we have in a church like this. But what about the days, brother and sister, when you don't? What about those days? What about the days when he doesn't answer your prayer? See, God wants you not just to live on the moment and the emotion and the feelings that he brings. He wants you to live by what you know because that is living by faith. It's it's knowing what you know when it doesn't look like it's there. It's stepping out in darkness when you know you don't know anything but that God said he'd be there to catch you. And in those moments, God shapes you and teaches you perseverance. He wants you, hear me. He, if you are in that place, if you're in that dark place where God is not speaking, you can't hear him for nothing. It's like, are you there? If you're there, then understand that God is taking that opportunity to grow you. He's trying to create meat on your bones. He's trying to build you up so that you're living more than just simply by your emotions. He's trying to make you live by faith. The other thing God does in those times is he shapes your character. This is an incredible statement. Hebrews 5 8 says this about Jesus. It says, even though Jesus was the God's Son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Is that incredible to you? That the, that the Son of God, God in flesh, that he learned to obey by the things he suffered? That's an incredible statement to me. See, God in this time is trying to shape you, and mold you, and make you. He's trying to to shape your character. I uh, I've learned through years of pastoring that the last thing that's shaped in a Christian is his character. We can we can come down the altar and experience Jesus, and we're like, woohoo! And we can, like, get baptized in the Spirit and speak in tongues all the time, and, and all this stuff, and so many times, so many times, we still have character issues. Anyone experience that other than me? See, because the character of who you are is deep, 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 deep down. It was shaped by so much in your life. That's why young people, graduates, high school kids, all the kids that are in here, this is is really important for you, but it's also important for the adults. But it's really important for you to understand that, that if you were raised in the church, you're blessed. Because you have character built in you. God doesn't have to beat you the way he beat me. Because God beat me. <laughs> not, he's not, God's not an abusive father, but he is a correcting father. I never beat my children, but they did get corrected. Mariah would be like, no, not the wooden spoon. Be <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's time you two have a conversation. <laughs> to this day if if we pull out a wooden spoon she's like not funny (laughs) and she's hiding because she knows it's true because a good father does correct because he's trying to shape character God will correct you he is not Santa Claus he's not just here because he wants to grant your every wish he's here because he's your father And he will correct you. He's trying to shape your character because he wants you to become who he created you to be. Finally, he wants to teach you to rely on God. Jesus says this at the close of his ministry, John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I always, I got to confess, if I ever had a problem with the scripture, like the truth of of the word of God, it was probably in my young days, it was in the scripture. It's like, I can do lots of things without Jesus. I can do all kinds of stuff. I I was successful before I came to the Lord. But see, you can't do anything eternally of value without Jesus and God when it comes to spiritual things we can put together a great presentation we have cool stuff up here you know these, these little wood backdrops are awesome I love them we can do cool things that, that create different environments, and we can play great music and have incredible talent up here, and we can bring in great preachers and all this stuff. But if we don't have Jesus, it can't do anything that is permanent and transformative. See, I, we are not about just having a good show. I want to have a phenomenal presentation I am about excellence. I'm about God being shown in his greatness and his beauty for as many people to see as possible. I want us to sing the best we can. I want us to preach as good as we can. I want to do all of it right. But this is the one thing. None of that matters if he's not in it. And so many times, we, like me when I was young, was like, I can do it. And Americans, we can. We've got cool technology, and we can do lights and smoke. And I'm not against lights and smoke. But we can do all that, and we can have loud music, and we can have all this stuff. And if Jesus doesn't show up so many times, people wouldn't even notice. But I do know this. They do notice when he does show up. I remember when Stacy first came. Yeah, I'm talking about you, girl. And she started crying early, and she couldn't stop. And she came up to the front, and we talked, and we prayed, and we went into the office, and she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God was doing a work in her, and she was like, I just, do I seem like I'm weird? I'm like, you are not weird, girl. We all came this way. Because when Jesus shows up, he does change everything. And so much in our lives, hear this, guys. God's trying to bring you to the place that you fully and finally understand that you can't do it. You can't do it. Not if it really matters. Only he can. And the sooner you learn that, the sooner you get out of the pit of despair that you're in the sooner that you stop holding on and trying to do your own stuff and make it work and do your own thing and let God bless it and do your own thing and and want whatever, the sooner you go, I can't and only you can, then he can show up and go, now, let's go somewhere. Those are the things that God wants for you. He wants to take you Into that place. See, God needs you, hear this. God needs each of you to do something. He has made you and shaped you for purpose. And He wants to take you into that so that you can change the world. And I'm not kidding. He wants you to change the world. Your world might be your family. Your world might be your workplace. Your world might be a world-changing, transformative, evangelistic ministry. I don't know, but I do know this. He wants you to change the world. And he's trying to fulfill his word that is in your life. The band's gonna come right now. And uh, I want you to hear this, and this is really important. Mary, for all the things that she went through, all those things that I mentioned in the beginning, that it didn't look like her life was highly favored. Everything that made it look like, like the opposite of highly favored. Like you're a living in trial after trial after trial. Nothing's been easy. What I want you to realize today is that each of those things, hear this, happened to her to fulfill God's word in her life and the life of Jesus Christ. Because scripture declared that he had to be born of a virgin. Scripture declared that he had to be born in Bethlehem and she was living in Galilee. Prophecy said that he was to come out of Egypt. And so God allows for a crazy king to kill a bunch of children and force Jesus and his family, by the warning of the angel to Joseph, to flee into Egypt so that the scripture could be fulfilled that out of Egypt I've called my son. Jesus had to be broken and sacrificed for our sins. See, but this is the beautiful thing. All those things, all those things, all those dark places in Mary's life were mile markers that God had set up centuries before that were destined to bring to pass the unpacking of the gift that she was carrying for the world. But I want you to hear this. There's one scripture she didn't, see coming. It was that Jesus would rise and that he would reign over death and sin and every power of darkness. You see, whatever you're going through, whatever your life looks like, whatever the darkness is that you're sitting in, and it looks like you feel like, where is the highly favored? The high favor that's supposed to be on me, God, where is it? You don't know. You don't know what it's going to look like when that gift is fully given. Today, no matter where you are, if you're living an awesome life and all of your children are healthy and graduating at the top of their class and you've got money and all the stuff, or if you can't rub two cents together and you're wondering how you're going to pay your bills and you don't have a job and the car got repossessed and you're addicted, whatever else, wherever your life is, I want to tell you this today. God says... You are highly favored. But you have to choose. You have to choose to step out of your moment and to recognize that everything that's coming, God's just trying to get you to the place that you give your gift to the world. And so today, wherever you are, if you're in the midst of the dark place or you're in the best, most blessed place in your life, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to just, uh, if you need prayer to come up, I want you to, if you need to just engage with Jesus, the key is this. I pray that today you recognize that everything that has ever happened bad to you, every good thing and every bad thing. They are just there to bring the gift that you're carrying to the world. Father, I thank you that we have a promise in your word. I thank you that you told us that all things work together to the good of them that love God to those that are called according to his purposes. I thank you that that is true for each person in this room. And I pray that, Lord, no matter where anybody is that's here, I pray that they recognize that whether it's been for good or been for bad, that you will take whatever has been given and that you will win with that hand. That, Lord, you will never fail to bring to pass your will if we'll let you. And I pray that today somebody change their view. I pray for the revelation of your spirit to come and that we would see that we're highly favored even when it doesn't look like we are. And that you're just trying to bring your will to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we stand and sing?